Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show? Fox Sports Radio. Mm-mm-mm. You know, this is a great question I have for you. Can you go home again? It's a great question. Um, I'll get to Josh McDaniels in a second, but we're going to be joined by Jeff Goodman upcoming in about 25 minutes. I'm in Lubbock, uh, and for Compass Media Networks, I'm going to call the Texas-Texas Tech game. It is an unbelievable game, just for college basketball, in need of this sort of energy and ex- excitement. Chris Beard was the head coach at Texas Tech. Um, he took them to the brink of a national championship, You know, had the ball a chance to win the game, and lost in overtime to Virginia in the national championship. And, um, you know, a couple years removed, he ends up leaving Texas Tech for his alma mater, Texas. And obviously, this is the first game where he comes back to Lubbock. People aren't happy. A crazy scene last night after the practice, people following the bus, police escort, yada, yada. It's going to be a zoo tonight. It's always interesting on on what happens when you work for a coach rival. Now, look, I've told people for years that the one of the unspoken negatives of transferring, especially late in your college career, is you know you transfer to a new school. It's for just your senior year. Your old school is not inviting you back for alumni activities. You're just not. If you grad, you have a year left to play and you grad transfer to a school at a higher level, with a bigger profile, those guys you left behind, they know you left them behind and they're not going to be happy about it. The school is not going to be happy about it. The same is true, obviously, here. Did you guys see this Jerry West article in Bleach Report where he sat down with Sam Amick and uh, Jason, you and I were kind of discussing this via text, but but basically he was like, Look, they took my my year yearly Laker tickets away. I'm done with them. He wants nothing to do with the Lakers franchise and says their like their relationship is so bad it's not even reparable. And I now part of me does understand the the Lakers like look, you're working for the Clippers. The Clippers are the one organization in, in the sport who they wake up every morning with two, you know, you wake up every morning with two plans. One, how do we win? And two, how, we, how can we be better than the Lakers? Right? So you're, 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 you're plotting with the enemy for the demise of the Lakers. But he is arguably the greatest Laker of all time. Are the Lakers wrong for pulling back their season tickets? Let's ask Dan Byerson. He's a season ticket guy. He's got him to all the different games, courtside. If you ever want to see him, like next to Rihanna shows up. She's pregnant now. She's like, what's up, Dan Byer? Anyway, uh, what do you think of Jerry West having his season tickets pulled? Um, <laughs> I, 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I maybe I have to have a little thicker skin. I mean, who? Yeah, the Jerry or the Lakers? Are uh, the Lakers? So, I mean, I, I I don't for everything that he did with the organization and for the organization, um, not only as a player but as an executive. If they're you know things that you don't like or things that happened, I mean. Sometimes you let bygones be bygones. Um, okay, what about you there, Jason Stewart? What do you think about the Lakers pulling his tickets? Yeah, and I, I don't think um, – and I, I know that Jerry is put off by having the tickets revoked that I think he mentioned in that article were promised to him like lifetime yeah. by Dr. Buss. Right. Dr. Buss is no longer with us, obviously. And if they revoked his ticket, he also has an issue with the way they did it, which was kind of, I guess they just sent him uh, his wife a text message. Um, and he's basically like, that's the way these Lakers do things. Um, so I think there is kind of a, an etiquette in how you handle these things, especially if you're the Lakers. And you know how kind of sensitive if, if if we know anything about Jerry West like he wears his heart on his sleeve he'll always you know say what he thinks and it's like you kind of have to know a little better so I'm kind of disappointed in the Lakers for not having that savvy or maybe they did it intentionally I don't know but yeah it, it's a weird story um and if one guy's gonna get tweaked and talk about it it's Jerry West right yes okay so I I've gotten to know Jerry pretty well um for the last 10 years and and the Laker thing I and mean, it started with with Phil Jackson right Phil and Jerry did not Phil did not want any of Jerry's input that's when he originally left and of course Phil was at the time engaged to uh Jeannie Buss now now he did make sure to say I thought I always thought we had a good relationship with Jeannie Buss maybe I don't I don't know maybe I don't but it, it is interesting on how that that changed and I think a lot of it was uh, was was the genie bus factor with, led by uh, led by Phil Jackson? Um, I do think you have to have a little thicker skin. I also think, though, for Jerry, he needs to understand. Like, look, dude, I get you've always, um, um, I I I get that you've always had these things. But how does it look when you run that you help the Clippers, the and and. Like, look, he did call the Lakers an, an S show and they were recruiting Kawhi Leonard. That leaked out. And we're just going to keep giving you tickets? I wouldn't have pulled his tickets. I, I wouldn't have pulled his tickets. I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have threatened to do it. But I would have said, like, hey, Jerry, could you... You don't have to lighten up. Could you just be... Make sure it's not personal when you're talking about the Lakers. You know, we still, you still got our statue here. You still got the name in the, in the, in the rafters. You're still a huge part of it. This is just super, super ugly. And, and Jerry has, if you've ever read his book, his autobiography, like, look, he battled through depression. He was abused by his father, um, you know, physically abused by his father. I mean, that guy's been through some stuff and he can be rather emotional, but I do think that that's his home. That's where he played. He's the greatest front office guy in the history of the sport. I can't see a way when you pull his tickets, even if he's working for the Clippers. Can't see it. All right, I, I, I want to get to this. Josh McDaniels basically echoed what I've been talking about for weeks in that when you're coaching, and this is no different when you're leading your business, 
no matter what business you think you're in, we're all in the people business. And Josh McDaniels was asked, what's the difference between how he is as a coach now and how he was back when he coached with the Broncos? When I went to Denver, I knew a little bit of football. I didn't really know people uh, and how important that aspect of this process and maintaining the culture and building the team uh, was. And um, and I and I failed and I didn't you know, I didn't succeed at it. And so looking at that experience has been one of the best uh, things uh, in my life in terms of my overall growth as a as a person, as a coach. What do I need to do different? How do I need to handle my role if I have another opportunity uh, and do better at it? I love it. We're all in the same business. We're all in the people business. And, and I, I like this. I like that he said he failed at Denver. You know, so many coaches and, and we do this. I'm sure you've done this in your own business, your own life. If you've been fired before is you start making excuses about, well, this, what this would have happened and that would have happened. Then this, then I never would have been fired, but it didn't. And you get fired and you failed. It's okay. You know, we, we all have to deal with failure. Tell me the guy who didn't have to deal with failure. So I, it doesn't mean that Josh McDaniels is going to be a great head coach. It doesn't mean that Josh McDaniels is going to, you know, run the NFC West and AFC West and change how we look at Kansas City and L.A. and uh, uh, Denver against him. But it does mean that at least he's open to the idea that he's got to get better. He wasn't great. He didn't know everything. He doesn't know everything now. But what he does know is we're all in the same business, the people business. Yes, John Ramos. So why did he turn down the Indianapolis Colts job? I, I wasn't at the press conference. I don't know. He he accepted the job and then changed his mind. That's correct. Right? Yeah. So I'm figuring I'm figuring he didn't he didn't get it then either. Then. No, I think supposedly you know we don't know what he was promised in New England. We don't know. Remember that was also the year that Andrew Luck retired after the last preseason game. So we don't know what he knew about Andrew Luck. We don't know. I, I mean, I've been told that it was kind of a freak out over Jim Ursay and Jim Ursay's constant desire to be involved. They have that problem now. They had it then. And that's why he walked from it. Don't know otherwise. Don't know otherwise. All right. Coming up next. Uh, this is interesting. Huh. Really, really interesting. Apparently, there's a text message from Bill Belichick that was in, intended to go to Brian Dayball, but instead went to Brian Flores. We'll tell you the contact, contents of that message. Upcoming next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Okay, uh, this is a weird story, and apparently Brian Flores is trying to file a class action lawsuit against the NFL because of their hiring practices. Um, his new lawyers tweeted out, 
On the first day of Black History Month, it's our great privilege to represent Brian Flores in his class action complaint against the NFL. This case seeks to level the playing field in the hope that future owners and coaches will be representative of the athletes who are playing the great game. We fully expect coaches and players of all races to support Brian as he embarks on his journey to create positive change. Brian Flores is never going to be a head coach ever again. The, the, the slash and burn is unbelievable now look I, I i i all i can tell you is what i've seen is i thought he was a pretty good coach clearly he didn't get along with chris greer now just so we're aware chris greer is black okay he worked for a now his owner was not but the owner chose his the general manager who he had worked with longer than the head coach and by all accounts by all accounts uh, there were enough people in that organization that had a similar feeling in terms of their dealing with Brian Flores. But the burn it down is, that is not, the, that is, at first, it makes no sense. Makes no sense. And he's using a, 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 a text where Bill Belichick mistakenly texted him instead of texting Brian Dayball as like, look, I was only being brought in for the Rooney rule. Let's keep in mind, Brian Flores already interviewed for the Jacksonville Jaguars job as well as the Houston Texans job. So I, 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 it's amazing. So here's the text exchange. Uh, Byer, you want to be Bill Belichick or do you want to be um, uh, Brian Flores? I, I, can be, uh, I can be Bill Belichick. Okay, just... I'll, be, I'll be Brian Flores. Go. Oh, oh, okay. Hold on. I kind of get the text messages up because there's a lot of details in this in this uh, in this whole thing. So I uh, I didn't realize that we were role playing uh, here. So all right, here we go. Uh, sounds like you have landed. Congrats. Did you hear something I didn't hear? Giants. I interview on Thursday. I think I have a shot at it. Got it. I hear from Buffalo and the Giants that you are their guy. Hope it works out if you want it to. That's definitely what I want. I hope you're right, Coach. Thank you. Coach, are you talking to Brian Flores or Brian Dayball? Just making sure. Sorry. I bleeped this up. I double-checked and I misread the text. I think they're naming Dayball. Sorry about that, BB. Thanks, Bill. But if you notice, uh, yeah, I mean, he... Thank you very much. It was a couple hours later, by the way. Like, he, he left him on red and then got back to him. So, so Flores's, Flores's take is going to be, well, they already knew it was going to be Brian Dayball. They just brought me in, you know, so they fit the Rooney rule. Uh, by the way, I, I actually uh, believe that... Uh-huh, go ahead. I was going to say, there, there's other stuff in addition to this that is damning to one organization as well. Well, he, so. he said that, he said that uh, um, uh, Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins, offered to pay him $100,000 a loss in order to tank. Now, w- that was this first year, correct? That was before yeah, they drafted. 2019 season, yep. Right. That's what they're, which we all thought they were tanking, and they were tanking for Tua. Correct. That is damning. Now, he does not have any proof of that, right? Unless he has proof of that, it is hearsay. And 
but the idea of losing in, with the intention of you know losing with the intention of losing is not a, a we talked about it. everybody talked about it. everybody knew they were tanking knew they were tanking but again does any of this prove uh, racism is a part of hiring practice what what it will do is it will probably make sure that Jacksonville and that Houston okay they hire black coaches. But I would guess for Brian Flores, this is, at least in the short term, nobody's hiring you. Sue the NFL. Good luck to you. Good luck to you. Had a job for three years. Interviewed. um, Interviewed for several jobs. Finalist for a couple jobs. And this is what you do as a knee-jerk reaction because you're mad? And, of course, Brian Dable's the guy. They hired the assistant GM. Guys bring with them people they've worked with previously. And it, it all makes sense. Flores, I believe, was somebody the owner, John Merrill, wanted to take a look at. And just because you have somebody you want to hire doesn't mean that you don't want to at least talk to Brian Flores and get his perspective on things. So I my, my take is, and look, I, I understand that when you looked at the numbers of who is getting jobs, like in this most recent cycle, it hasn't been nearly as good as it should be. It hasn't been nearly as good as it should be. But we should also point out that two black GMs have just been hired. Thus, those numbers continue to grow. And by the way, there are two guys from very different background. Ryan Poles is a former player who, after he got out of playing, got right into the front office and had a minimal paying job and worked his way up. The other one, uh, Byer, how, help me out. How do I pronounce his name from Minnesota? Uh, the, the new GM? Yep. Uh, I, I don't. I, I don't have it in front of me. Sorry, I'm trying to go through oh, this I'm whole. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's uh, all right. Qu- I'm just the qu- whole loss. Qu- Quezzi Adolfo Mensa, who is by all accounts, an absolutely brilliant dude, right? He was doing derivatives, and then he started working in uh, the Niners, with the Niners front office, did some cap stuff, did some analytics work, whatever. Um, Quasi, Quasi, excuse me, Adolfo Mensa. And who does he hire? Like right now, is he going to hire uh, D'Amico Ryans from San Francisco, or is he going to hire Jim Harbaugh, who he worked with when he was in San Francisco? That's what the, the two finalists are for. But just saying it's racist when there's no, what is he talking about? The the tanking one is probably the most damning thing. The Texan Bill Belichick, like, well, what did you expect to have happen when they hire the GM from Buffalo and Brian Dable is the quarterback whisperer and Josh Allen looks completely different the last two years than he looked previously? Of course he's going to get a job. Why shouldn't he get a job? Stuck Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Jeff Goodman joins us. And uh, Jeff is, uh, he works for Stadium Sports. He is where I am, or he's across the street from where I am. Texas Tech taking on Texas tonight. Chris Beard, who was the head coach at Texas Tech, took them to the national championship game, is now the head coach at Texas. And Goodman, you, you posted some videos on social media last night. What was it like? Remember, this is a, a, a college basketball team's practice the night before a kind of innocuous Big 12 game, midweek Big 12 game. What was the crowd outside the arena at practice like? Like, 
these students are insane. I mean, they hate Chris Beard. They hate him. And, you know, they try to tell me it's, it's not just that he left Texas Tech for Texas, the in-state rival, the school that, you know, obviously everybody gives probably more credit to than uh, maybe they deserve based on what they've done in both basketball and football over the years. But they can't stand this guy. And they say it's, it's how he left. And, and I can't pinpoint – they can't really give me a good reason how he left. Well, he said he was home here in Lubbock. Bottom line is, listen, he left because he thought Kevin Durant went to Texas. Kevin Durant was never coming to Texas Tech, Doug. They can get elite-level players to Texas. I know, again, they haven't you know, won a national title. They got the resources. He went to school there. And, and tonight is going to be absolute – Bed look. I mean, when they when he left out of the bus, you saw the video. It's thousands of students lining up, yelling profanities, chasing down kind of his bus. They didn't do anything to it, but they could see him in the front seat, and they're flipping him off, and they're yelling, you know what, Adam? They 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 despise Chris Beard. I've never seen anything like it where it flips so quickly from a love to a hate relationship. Yeah, so so help 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 me out. Um, have you been like what's the what's the most vicious environment you've been in covering college basketball? I mean, probably Louisville, Kentucky, right? I mean, like people say Carolina Duke, but that's not a, a vicious crowd. I mean, they don't they don't like each other. But Louisville, Kentucky, especially when Cal and Patino absolutely hated each other, and they would go through verbal sparring sessions. Like Cal would say something, then I would just call Patino and egg him on, and he would just come back with something, one-upping Cal, and, and the fans just absolutely hate each other there. So I would say, you know, Kentucky, Louisville, 10 years ago was elite level. But I'm telling you, tonight, I, I'm scared. I am scared for Chris Beard, especially if Texas wins this game and he walks off the court. I'm telling you, he, they've got extra security. They're going to have 30 cops in, in, in the arena. They've got gates up in front of the student sections. I still don't think it's going to be enough. You don't think gates are going to be enough? They'll climb right over them, Doug. I mean, you're old. You couldn't have got over these gates. But these, these kids, are they're, they're agile. They're young. I think they can get over them. They're agile. They're young, and I'm old. Jeez, what? What? I, with I friends like you. this, I don't. I don't. I don't need. I don't need enemies. Uh, Jeff. Jeff. Hey, I Jeff. Got good lunch. Uh, you did pick up my lunch. I. I appreciate. I appreciated it. Or I. I truly. Truly do. I know. You okay. Do. I know you. Um, why isn't Texas better? Well, I mean, you had seven new guys, of which none of which are NBA players. And and it's really a group. If you look at it, Doug, not one player on this team other than Christian Bishop has won an NCAA tournament. Yeah. So you've, you've taken a bunch of, and I talked to him about this before the season, their players. They know the, the, the kind of storyline, which is none of you guys have won anything. Throw you together under an elite-level coach, in my opinion, Chris Beard. Now, Beard and the staff will say, like, they've come a long way now. They're a lot further along, which makes sense because you're not only throwing seven new guys – you're taking three holdovers that you never coached in a new spot, right? You're, you're not, it's not like Texas Tech. Even if you're bringing in six or seven new players, you're keeping a few holdovers. The culture's already there. Well, Beard's got to kind of build that culture right now um, with, with everything being new, everything. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. That's the voice of Jeff Goodman from, from Stadium Sports. Uh, okay. 
Who's the best team in the country? Listen, if you're telling me right now I have to put my house on the line for one team to win the whole thing, I'm going Gonzaga. But I'll tell you what, Kentucky, think about this. Like, I know they didn't beat Auburn to Auburn, right? It was, it was a close game, but they were right there. They were without Ty Ty Washington, their only lottery pick. They were without him for 30 minutes. They were without Severe Wheeler, their other point guard, their starting point guard, in a huge four-minute stretch. And when the, the, the score went from like one to ten, they were down. I, I think Kentucky, honestly, you know what it is, Doug? I always look at it, a point guard play. And almost every team over the last ten years has had two guys that can run the point. That, that's one at all. Well, who else other than Kentucky right now has two high-level guys that you trust to win the you know, run the point. So I think Kentucky's in there, but I still go Gonzaga with Nemhard as long as Nolan Hickman can keep coming. Like, like he's got to get better, but you've got, you got Chet defensively. He's going to be much better than what last time we saw him on the national stage. Timmy's the most probably proven, accomplished college player in the country. Great coach in Mark Fuse. So I would go Gonzaga or Kentucky. Um, okay. I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you. I've, I've seen Kentucky in person, and they're incredibly, incredibly impressive. Um, if there was a draft today, and you do, a, you do draft previews, you do your own mock, you talk to everybody in the league, who would be the number one overall pick? I, I think it's Jabari and Jabari Smith, and I don't even know if it's that close today. I just think, what does everybody want in the league right now? Right? Versatile wings. Versatile forwards. That's kind of the thing right now. And, you know, they're worried about Chet's body. Can he put on 25 or 30 pounds? Is he going to hold up? You know, you look at him, especially in person, and you're like, whoa. Um, I love Paolo, but I think Jabari's shown that, again, he's, he's an elite-level shooter at a similar uh, height as, as Paolo. Um, he could put on probably 20, 25 pounds, and when he does – he can be, he'll be a really good rebounder. He can do everything. I mean, he can handle it. He can take it coast to coast. He's a he's smart, high IQ player. He plays hard. He's a great teammate. There's no holes in his game. So I just, I think with the way the game is going, I don't know how you pass on Jabari Smith. I, I tend to, I tend to agree with you. Okay. So, um, you do understand like what you're wearing is important. You're going to Texas tech and Tex and Texas. What color of clothing are you wearing tonight? I'm not dumb. I'm wearing I'm wearing blue. I got I got like a, a I think I got like a um, maybe a, a pink shirt or something like that with a blue sport coat and blue jeans. I'm not dumb. I'm not going black. I'm I'm, I'm not going red. Like I'm 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 very calculated how I pull this one off. All right, good good enough. Uh, that that's gotta very be smart. neutral. You know, you got to be neutral, but the colors actually the colors of your clothing actually matter. That's actually a, that's actually a real thing. I used to get killed. I used to get cuz I'm I'm more of a blue guy anyway, and yeah. I'd go to like Carolina Duke and I'd have the like Roy Williams blue, and I'd go to Durham and they would crush me for it. Like you're wearing Carolina blue. So when, once they did that, I started being a little bit more aware of what I wore to each game just to be smart, but Listen, Doug, you got to get out there before the game. You got to get out, and I, I know, you know, you're you're a little above this, but you got to mingle with those those tech fans. They, what are you talking about? I don't there. mind. I don't mind. They're more much more my people than they are your people. You know, Mister Massachusetts. <laughs> That's, a good point. That's a good point. You know? Good point. But I'm I'm, just, I'm drinking with them before the game, so you, you are. Gotta get out there, have a beer. Yeah, you got to have a beer before. The game. Shinerbach. Uh, maybe, maybe. Why not? Do you know what Shinerbach is? Yeah, some sort of beer. 
It's a Texas beer. Do you know why people right. drink Shiner as opposed to drinking the domestic beers? I do not. In certain states, like I know in Oklahoma, your beer can only be at, what, 3.2, except for Shinerbach, because it's uh, <clears throat> imported. Yeah. So I may not be able to handle Shinerbach, is what you're Correct. trying to tell me. It's pretty soft. You're pretty soft. I am, I am kind of soft, but I'm soft enough to leave two and a half feet of snow and come to Lubbock and then go to Tucson tomorrow. Very smart. So there's, a, there's a fine line between soft and smart. With that decision, you're making the smart decision. He's Jeff Goodman. Goody, I'll see you over at the game. Thanks for joining us. You got it, Doug. All right, it's Doug Gottlieb. Show it rolls on on Fox Sports Radio. Wait to hear what Dan Patrick had to say about Tom Brady, plus Colin Coward's lasting thought on the GOAT. That's next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Check out the latest lines from World of Sports, a better sports book, better versus the trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21, must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's get to what the Fox said. Every day at this time, the Doug Gottlieb Show, we play for you a portion of something said earlier on Fox Sports Radio or Fox Sports 1. It's called What Does the Fox Say? This is Dan Patrick talking about Tom Brady. I'm old enough to remember when Joe Namath and Johnny Unitas ended their careers with teams other than the ones that, you know, they, you know, earned their Hall of Fame uh, bust with. And you just watched them and you just, you didn't want to see that. Where you go, oh my gosh, I'm going to end with the Rams, going to end with the Chargers. It just, um, he played at a really high level. I mean, the bar is set so high. You know, we keep, we want Patrick Mahomes maybe to be the goat in waiting here. You know, it's a dynasty of one right now. Brady, you can't ask for anything more. Guys who play well and play well in big moments. Games on the line. And to have that moment against the Rams as your final game, down 27-3, to you come back, you tie it. He scared the hell out of the Rams. He just ran out of time. This is Colin Cowherd on Tom Brady. He is the most productive and influential player in the history of the National Football League. Don't waste my time arguing he's not. He leaves dynamically with a sense of timing, not shocking at all. He will not go into broadcasting. He owns multiple companies. He will no longer be an employee. Roger Staubach, John Elway, and Tom Brady all had something magnificent in common. They left with a lot left. Timing matters. I wish more people understood it. Michael Jordan to the Wizards. Ugh. Joe Namath to the Rams. Oh, Lord. Ben limping off into the sunset. It doesn't have to be that way. When I look at Brady, it is such a refined, prepared way to leave. He controlled his ending just like he controlled the NFL for 22 years. And it's not a coincidence that the most meticulously prepared, the most overwhelmingly detailed, uh, the most driven and focused professional athlete of my life 
left completely, utterly on his terms, in great shape at an MVP level. Hmm. It's interesting. Um, I, I agree with both of them. You know, Dan Patrick's one of one, and and how Tom Brady left. Like he left, he left walking out. No one does. They don't do that. And we could say John Elway left as a champion and, and Peyton Manning left as a champion. They did, but their production was so far down from what it had previously been. Brady walks away with gas still in the tank. You know? Gas still in the tank. He didn't completely empty it. That's even more impressive. What he's done in terms of taking care of his body, taking less money, and just generally being a winner. Those are the things that resonate. And the, the, the 180 of how we view him after he left New England is not an accident. I think that's part of why he chose to do what he did, and it was mission accomplished. And you know what? He also, because he has something left in the tank, I think he probably earned some bonus points at home. Let's just be honest, right? That's what it's about. It's about keeping Mama happy. And her knowing that he could still play and he still walked away, I think that makes it more palatable that he probably played a couple years too long for her taste, right? Giselle wanted him to stop playing a long time ago. Let's like, let's not kid ourselves. That's why she was the one who said that he had had a bunch of concussions that hadn't reported it, right? She wanted him to stop playing a long time ago. But Brady walking away while he still could play, I think has to earn him something in terms of some points at home. And that's what the Fox says. What does the Fox say? I want to get into this lawsuit. I want to have an open discussion about it. You know, because I, I think one of the things that we're doing is, you know, we're labeling everything racism. And I just, it gets really, I, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you racism doesn't exist. And I'm not going to tell you that there wasn't, you know, there wasn't a long uh, storyline going back 40 years ago of of the black quarterback not being as well regarded in terms of their ability to be an NFL quarterback. But I, I have to tell you, I, I, I just think this is an awful look for, for Brian Flores. Look, Brian Flores, this is the God's honest truth. He got hired before the 19 season. Is that right, um, Dan Byer? Wasn't that, was that yes. am I right? Okay. Yep. So the year before... The year before, it was 2018. Um, he had not yet been, I don't believe, the full-time defensive coordinator of the New England Patriots. He was a linebackers coach. And I know a couple of teams that brought him in that year. And I believe one of the reasons he was brought in because of the Rooney Rule. Like he was a young, well-regarded guy in his 30s in New England. People liked him. And I had a GM tell me the year before, not hiring him, but man, he's going to co- He's going to be a good head coach somewhere. He just he's got whatever the it is organization, his personal discipline, his leadership capabilities, his knowledge of the NFL game. Like he's going to be a dude. And if somebody wants to spend the time and search through my hundreds of thousands of tweets, you can see that you can find that again. That's Brian Flores is going to be a head. I put Brian Flores is going to be a head coach in six months, and that was right when the se- that season started, and he was the. He was the defensive. I don't, I don't even know if he was the defensive coordinator. I think he was still the linebackers coach. I think eighteen nineteen he was the, he was the defense coordinator. So for one year he's their defense coordinator, and early on that season I tweeted out it's going to be a head coach, and he was. 
But that's what the Rooney rule is intended to, for to give you voices outside of the ones that you expect. And the perfect example is the New York Giants. The Giants had, once they decided on a GM, it was a GM that was going along with the coach. They were, it was a package deal. And while it may not feel good, it's also, you know, like, how, how does he know that they had decided on Dayball? Dayball being the favorite is not every, every game you go in, somebody's a favorite. That doesn't mean it doesn't change. Every interview goes in, you being the favorite doesn't mean it doesn't change. But but the assumption of racism is so it is so so divisive. So divisive. You know, it's like the the Denver thing where part of the accusations are that you know, he's he he does not believe he got a uh he does not believe he got a fair strike or fair shake at being the at being the Broncos head coach. That they, they were already going to hire Vic Fangio. Did does anybody like? I, here's what I want you to realize: was did Vic Fangio? And I know, I mean, I I know some of why. Vic Fangio started coaching in the National Football League in 1984. He got his first head coaching job in 2019. He'd been he'd been in the league for 25 35 years before he got his shot. And is a very well-regarded defensive coordinator. So uh, the, the point is, these jobs are hard to get. Hard to get. And Flores had one. And still may get another one. I don't think so. I think this is a really tough pill to swallow, right? Like, man, we're going to, this guy's calling our whole league racist. When you're interviewing for all these different jobs, do we hire him? I don't know. All right, coming up next, we'll say goodbye to Tom Brady. When I say Tom Brady, 10 years from now, what are you going to think? And the one part of the, the last Tom Brady we've seen that will resonate most to me. That's next on the Doug Gottlieb Show. 